Uncaged. Uncaged. A show celebrating thought leadership from today's top business leaders. The program provides a voice to amazing executives from around the globe who are shaping the world of business today and mapping the path to the world of commerce tomorrow. And now, please welcome our host, Bant Breen, as we begin another Uncaged episode. Today we're speaking with Ross Hewart. Hey, Ross, how are you? I'm good, thanks, Ben. How are you? I'm very, very well. I'm excited to learn more about what you guys are working on. Ross is the president and CEO of MBC Group, which is a multidisciplinary engineering firm providing high-quality services. They specialize in quite a few areas, engineering, appraisal, environmental and forensic lab services, and probably a couple of new ones that we'll talk today with Ross about. But before we get there, Ross, tell us a little bit about your background and your career today. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I'm originally from the UK um, and I uh, specialized in, in surveying there. And uh, thankfully, my profession took me to uh, across the world. So, you know, having worked in the UK in the commercial construction sector, I then got the opportunity to, to move to New Zealand in 2010. I, if memory serves anyone, you'll remember that Christchurch in New Zealand suffered a, a huge earthquake, which earthquake, of course, as, yeah. you can, as you can imagine, caused substantial damages to the city. Um, and I was fortunate enough to, to, to get there to respond and, and help establish uh, the damages and repairs required. And so I was heavily involved in that for a couple of years, which is really where I met where construction meets insurance, right? That was yeah. my first exposure to the, the insurance sector and how it marries construction. I, I was there for a couple of years, but again, as you can appreciate, a, a relatively small city with an earthquake that didn't see me staying there forever, just based on, you know, the, the sort of being in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, no, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful country and, well, a, and, a, and a wonderful community, but it is quite isolated. <laughs> it is. You know, I, I love my time there. I've still got friends there and the, the country was excellent. But when you realize Australia, which is your closest country, is a four-hour flight, it's uh, it is fairly isolated. So again, loving to travel. I used to, uh, you know, I lived in Asia for several years, and New Zealand was the way we broke up the company. New Zealand was part of my remit, and right, I was, you know, I was based in Hong Kong, and that was. That was a trek. <laughs> no, absolutely. It's, you, 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 th you look on a map and it doesn't look that far, but it is. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, yeah, then I, I've always had ties to North America. You know, my sister is a, is a U.S. citizen. She lives in Chicago. Um, and I had an opportunity to rise in, in Calgary, Alberta. Uh, so in 2013, I packed my bags and, and headed to Canada. And believe it or not, it was a bit touch and go because they, they had a, a, a pilot visa program on the border. And mm. if you had the right credentials, which I did, you would be afforded this visa because they needed these skills. Um, of course, that wasn't as simple as I would have liked. I got the, uh, the old, crusty, old crusty immigration officer and uh, then had to go down and come through Montana after a week. So long story there. But um, yeah, and then I got into the construction consulting world uh, in, in Canada here, 
primarily for the insurance sector based on my background. Mm-hmm. Um, and after a year of working in that, that sector, I branched off and, 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 and started my own. And mm-hmm. in very, very short order, met uh, my old business partner who's retired, uh, Mark Bure, um, and joined what was called Bure Appraisal at the time. And I've that we had about nine employees. And I've spent the last six years not only growing that area, but transforming MBC Group into an engineering firm. Um, and we, I'm pleased to say that we now have 130 employees. Yeah. I mean, the numbers are phenomenal. Uh, I mean, tell us a little bit more about the new MBC Group. I feel like I have to use the word new because it just is an incredible array of solutions you guys are operating in. Absolutely. Well, what, what, I, what I realized very quickly in serving the insurance sector um, is that a lot of construction-related disciplines, you know, have a lot of knowledge and services that are required in almost every sector. They may just use different terminology for something that is a very similar service. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the reason we adapted how, how we did is I first looked at how do we provide more services to our existing client base who trust us. And, and, and that's really where the, the idea to provide additional professional services was born. Mm-hmm. And from there, we realized very quickly, like we organically, we'd grown to about 50 consultants um, in that three-year period. And so we needed to add engineering and add environmental. Mm -hmm. And in in order to do that, we looked at the, you know, the trusted companies we worked with, people we had strong relationships, and we decided that our growth path to become the company we are now was going to be a combination of the organic side, which, you know, is, is, organic growth is excellent mm-hmm. somewhat limits on it because you have to find the right people bring in the right resources um, and displace other competitors for market share of course and so we decided a combination of that and uh a strategy was was the way to do that mm-hmm. and so i'm pleased to say over the last uh two years we've completed four acquisitions in the environmental and engineering space which has really uh, bolstered our roster and We've undertaken some really unique initiatives. You know, COVID, I think, and the pandemic have affected everyone and every business in different ways, some on the yeah. positive side, right? And some on the negative. Yeah. Um, and for us, I would be the first to admit that when uh, when the pandemic arose, I had very big grand plans to move into the, the Ontario, Quebec markets and, and, and really establish ourselves there. Mm-hmm. And I and I distinctly remember in March of May of 2020. So I was going out there. I was going to establish the base, do do what I needed to do, and just one by one, meetings were getting cancelled, one yeah. by one. And you know, and it was there's nothing more disheartening than having a a, a strat plan and executing it only to have roadblocks presented. Yeah. And you know, I've never been one to enjoy failure and and and. I think that's what drives you is when when a, when a fail, because it was a failure, but it eats away at you. And it now becomes an obsession that you have, yeah. to, have to complete. Well, I mean, I think it's, you know, the one of the things that I've noticed is that moment is going to be something that we're, we're all going to remember for the rest of our lives. Uh, certainly any, any professional that was actively uh, trying to shape businesses in March of that year saw, faced tremendous challenges, tremendous challenges. 
but also, you know, it, it also forced all of us to be much more innovative, I think. And, Absolutely. and I would say also probably thickened our skin a bit. And so, it, you know, perhaps those opportunities will reappear again in, in the Quebec market. I was actually, strangely enough, very close to you at that moment. I, my, my family owns a farm just in northern Vermont on the, so right. really almost on the Quebec border. Yeah. And so that's where we were hunkered down during oh, nice, those, nice. those months or the early COVID when nobody knew what, what was going what on. Was going on. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I would agree, I would fully agree with you on that. So again, the beauty of entrepreneurship and, and the business world is that no matter how bad the situation, there, there is always opportunity when, when, you know, these kind of world changing events occur. And mm -hmm. for us, whilst that growth element we were hoping to achieve in that region just wasn't possible, yeah, we diverted and 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 you know after you know a little while of trying to get an idea of the landscape, and so we applied for government funding because one thing we'd done over the last few years demonstrably was create jobs, right? Mm. Something the government were were very very big on, and so we went through some various applications and we secured. Uh, $2 million in funding to, to develop a, a laboratory in Edmonton. Um, and, you know, to me, that was a game changer because yeah. whilst we, we, we effectively had the, the luxury of having a year where business activity was limited. And so the team focused on developing this lab and, and initially to internalize our own testing needs for our environmental group. Mm -hmm. But we've since expanded that into a, a whole range of analytical services and we actually have a. Uh, again, I I was never big in. I would I would say I was never big in the science realm, you know. Like, but having having been involved in the R and D side of things from a business element, I find it fascinating. So we have some uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, uh, sensory uh, R and D project underway yeah. right now, um, and and. I'm excited to get that to market because yeah, it sounds also like it supports. I, I know Ross, I was reading a little bit about uh, some of the services solutions you guys are delivering in the sustainability space. So it seems like this is kind of related to that. Tell me more about what you guys are building in that area. Yeah, absolutely. So without giving too much away on the, uh, on the R and D side, we're effectively <laughs> developing a sensor that you would be uh, on any construction site on, 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 on any, um, infrastructure site, our machinery will be able to effectively test and tell you um, like almost instantaneously what the material is and is it hazardous. Right now, wow. right now that's currently, it's quite archaic how it's done, collecting samples, sending them to a lab, individual looking at something through a microscope to count things. Like with asbestos, they still use a clicker to count asbestos in 2022. So uh, we're trying to innovate that space. Um, Elon Musk would have you believe artificial intelligence and machine learning are going to take over the world. Mm. And whilst that might be the case, what I've learned very quickly about that is it's not as smart as, as you'd want it to be just yet. You have to give it the data parameters and, and it doesn't think outside its box yet. So a little bit so, more complicated. So, so Ross, I mean... A company like NBC, certainly it appears that it has grown dramatically over the last couple of years and moved into a broader set of areas. But tell me a little bit about the services you offer in terms of the broader marketplace, I guess, across Canada. 
Yeah, so our, our, our lines of business, if you will, are, are split into to five. So we have our appraisal project management team. Um, and that effectively is uh, we work for insurance clients. And when they have a property loss, our team respond to determine damage quantum and, and effectively client rep work, if you will, from a construction terminology standpoint. Mm -hmm. Then we have our engineering disciplines. So we're uh, very strong in structural and civil and do everything from forensics all the way through to water treatment plant designs, um, uh, large industrial projects through the condo and high rises, so full spectrum. Um, mm -hmm. Our engineering group are really diversified. So they typically, they serve the, the private and public sectors in terms of new construction, not so much the insurance world. Um, then we have our environmental practice, which is industrial hygiene. So effectively responding oil and gas, insurance, wherever there's hazardous materials, our consultants provide plans, testing, uh, legislative requirements, uh, you name it, we do a full range of that. Mm -hmm. um, we, we're registered architects. So uh, admittedly, that is fairly new this last year. But again, back to how do we serve our existing clients better? Well, we deal with architects all the time. And so we decided to take that step. And we have a team of about four architects now. Um, and then our lab, as I mentioned before, so our lab has about seven employees now, including our chief scientist, uh, Dr. Abel, um, and, and that's been in progress for the year. Wow, Ross, this is such a phenomenal organization you're building, uh, really almost kind of a one-stop shop for all of these types of things. That, that was the idea. You know, I've always shied away from one-stop shop because it sounds, you know, I, whilst that is 100% the essence of what we're doing, it, I always found it sounded informal in a sense, you know, like, yeah, uh, I, I think, you know, the reality is <coughs> that in other industries, obviously, people have tried to roll out that type of integrated model. Uh, and sometimes they use the vernacular one stop shop. But the reality is that every solution interweaves in its own way, you know, right. and so it's, it's not really like uh, you come in one door and it's always the same. And that's clearly the how you guys have evolved to not only deliver the core solutions that need to be delivered for major industries like the insurance sector, but also these emerging areas that are becoming absolutely critical, like sustainability and some of these environmental services. And one thing we've been very big on is disruption. You know, I'm mm. very big on market disruption. And, and what I've found is it's, I'm not going to say it's not difficult, but I'll give, I'll give you some examples. The, the construction and insurance industries typically lag behind innovation compared to, to mm. other sectors. Just, right. you, you just look, it's traditional. And, and I don't know the exact reason for that, but, what the, but combined with COVID, and a lack of innovation over the last 20, 30 years presents significant opportunities to firms that place themselves well, right? I always, use, I always like to use the saying, you know, luck is opportunity meets preparedness, right? Because that's truly what it is. You know, people look at these stories or look at Elon Musk and they go, oh, he's lucky. Well, there's no luck in business. It's, it's being prepared and finding the opportunity and then everyone else just sees it happen but they don't see that background piece so yeah no i completely see that uh well there's a lot of new areas to explore but before we get there 
Tell me a little bit about the last couple of years for you guys in terms of facing some of these challenges that COVID presented. And, you know, you talked about how it impacted a little bit of some of the expansion plans that you had, but um, just operating the business and some of the areas that you play in. So for where, so for us, it's interesting. So I always used to say, you know, our core market was insurance. Um, and we don't get me wrong, we still love the market and we still want to grow in it, but we've diversified to, you know, don't put all your eggs in one basket, so to speak. And one of the, the I always used to say that insurance is recession resistant, right? Mm. So, you know, when there's a downturn in the economy, typically construction suffers, right? Because there's always that lag. But insurance, the, people always need insurance for their assets. And there is always... Uh, people creating events that result in an insurance claim. So in mm. essence, there might be a little bit less activity, but typically that market stays stable and they require their stable of professional services to, to, to support them. Mm. Now, COVID was a different beast because whilst it wasn't a recession, all of a sudden you had no activity, yeah. right? And, and so for the insurance world, the insurance companies were actually making money from their premiums because there were, if there's no dr people driving cars, there's no car accidents. If the businesses are shut down, there's limited, there's less fires, there's less yeah. water events. People are home in their condominiums. So you don't catch a pipe burst and it go through the, you catch it. And so there are all these things and which created a, the, the, the normal workflow was reduced. However, and I, and I use the term lucky in a, in a business sense for us, not for the yeah. people that suffered these events. But we were lucky that Canada and, and Western Canada suffered some of the worst catastrophes they've ever dealt with. Fort McMurray flooded. We had the biggest hailstorm in Calgary it's ever had, caused $1.3 billion of damages. Then you, had, then you had the 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 wildfires across British Columbia in the summer, which decimated towns. And then in Vancouver, in, in the interior, we just had the one in 500 year flood. Oof. So whilst, whilst admittedly normal business flow was, was lower, these major, these four major events over two years really provided the, the workflow that allowed us to still grow, not to the, certainly not the, the rate we'd grown the, the years previously, but but we really doubled down and used it, I would say, for corporate maturity, you know, going from a nine employee company, which is effectively a mom and pop, and there's nothing wrong with mom and pops. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but to get to where we are now required yeah, significant, it's a significant shift. There's no right? doubt about that. There are moments that a business goes through with staff and and you you've just surpassed a major milestone. So yeah. congratulations in, in that regard for sure. And it but felt Ross, like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. But Ross, I mean, we, 2022, here we are in a new year. Uh, we've, we're living here in the future. Tell me a little bit about what you guys are seeing for this year. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the things that you can't deny over that, I've just mentioned the four catastrophes over the last yeah. two years. So it's, and I know this can be a political hot topic because of people's opinions and, and but it's undeniable that climate change, whether it's whether it's man driven or whether it's 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 part of the cycle of, of nature, 
climate change is real because it's a, it's it's becoming evident. We're getting major catastrophes once, twice a year. That would happen once every 10 years. Mm-hmm. And so it's undeniable that that this climate change issue, I mean, California, the wildfires, the tornadoes in Louisiana, like, I mean, the U.S. suffers just as bad as Canada does. So to me, sustainability and, and improving the way we do business is, is becoming a very pertinent hot topic for major corporations, right. especially in the insurance sector. I mean, there's some insurance companies not, not insuring oil and gas because of its impact, as an example. And so for us, we've got a big sustainability program running with, a, with Aviva Canada, one of our, our primary clients. And the purpose of this is we've developed a, a sustainable called sustainable claims management system. Mm-hmm. And what we do here is we're looking at the entire supply chain of a claim. So the construction, the materials, the demolition, and we effectively provide a plan on a claim by claim basis. And we measure, monitor and report on the carbon reduction achieved as a result of the activities. Oh, wow. And we're looking to roll that out. To me, it's not just a one insurance, uh, a one insurer sort of initiative, we're demonstrating it works during this catastrophe in BC with the floods. And, and my, again, it's, it's philanthropic, but my objective is to have every insurance company buy into this process. And, and ultimately through taking these small steps, which I, I assure you, it's not complicated. It just requires someone to care. Yeah. These small steps would actually have a massive impact on what is, a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar um, industry. Yeah, well, I mean, I can tell you the data in and of itself is something that everyone wants to see that type of information. So it's it, that's spectacular. Let me ask you kind of a, a question. Are there companies delivering or offering like a, almost like a global warming uh, insurance at this stage? Or Because I, I feel like most insurance always seems to kind of act like natural disasters are quite often not covered. Right. You know, so so. that that's a great, I mean, that's to me, that's a great macro point to make about the insurance industry because in California was a prime example of that, where you had insurance companies refusing to insure homeowners in certain areas. And the, the government had to take the, the unprecedented step in, especially in the U S to step in and say, if you want to do business in California, you're going to insure those homeowners. Now, insurance is a business. So why should they be arguably, why should they be forced to insure a risk that they don't believe is good business? Right. But you have to marry the human element to that. So to me, it's a combination of working with government and, and to promote infrastructure, because fundamentally, the, the ball is rolling and these events will become more prevalent. And there's no one strategy that's going to solve it. Right. Yeah. It's, no, it's going to require multiple, multiple, multiple stakeholders at multiple levels taking action. Yeah. But I always say people think sustainability and they think the government's going to grab a magic wand and make things better and go away, which, you know, isn't practical. No, and, and, and honestly, I think that uh, what we're seeing is these services that you're delivering are going to be ways that we can measure this stuff much more right. effectively. You know, I look at a lot of the things that bankers are trying to do to come up with sustainability measures that are, are accepted. And there's just such a need for more and more information uh, uh, and more data. So it's an incredible step forward. Ross, 
Thank you so much for being on Uncaged today. We've been Absolutely. speaking with Ross Hewart. He is the president and CEO of the MBC Group, which is a multidisciplinary engineering firm providing high quality services uh, in areas such as engineering, appraisal, environmental and forensic lab services, and really, uh, I would say, kind of pushing this stuff to the next, next level uh, across Canada. And who knows, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe uh, stateside at some point, right, Ross? It's, it's in the plans. Don't worry. We just gotta I get love there. it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Well, Ross, if somebody wanted to, to reach you, where could they find you? Um, so, well, either LinkedIn, um, NBC's website, or my direct email address. I don't mind sharing. It's pretty public, which is ross.hewitt at mbc-group.ca. Excellent. Well, Ross, thanks so much for being on Uncaged, and we look forward to having you back. Perfect. Thanks. Take Cheers. care, man. Bye.